So, I've known Col- you and I have known Colson for a long time, and I've known him as the Liberator. That's my Liberator main mode of of knowing Colson and his relationship <laughs> with the ladies. But he has now entered a new phase where he's he's the he is he is in pickup mode a hundred percent of the pick, time. Pickup artist. Yeah. He's like the Terminator. Like he just like looks around and he's like sees. He's like a feed going on. He's like yes. <laughs> so we go we we <laughs> we went on a hike. We're like all right, let's go get some nature. You know, let's let's do this. We had a couple of friends of ours who had, we hadn't seen in a while. Go on a hike. We go to this place that's called Washington Monument. It's actually the original Washington Monument. It's like out in the the hills of. Uh, it's like along the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, mm. really cool. Um, it's like this this like circular stone circular creation monument yeah. or whatever, and you can walk up to the top, and you have these beautiful views of the valley and all this stuff. And apparently, Colson climbs up there and he's just chatting up this lady who's out just for, you know came down from Baltimore for the day for a hike, and he's just like, "Hey, what's happening? How you doing? You, do- <laughs> you, you come here often?" <laughs> So like, can I buy? Can I buy you a drink? So, so you know, they're with their friends and the and the kid, you know, and I'm off like talking for like 20 minutes with this lady. We're like, we're we're ready to. Colton, you want to f- finish this hike? And, and yeah, and on the way out, um, she was pulling yeah. out of the, the driveway at the same time we Sorry, were in the, the yeah. parking lot, and she waved at me yeah. like I was the cutest thing she'd ever seen. Exactly. If only I lived in Baltimore. Yeah. Actually, well, I'm we glad gotta, I don't live in Baltimore. What we got to do is we just got to get your cell phone in range, and maybe she'll pop up on Bum, Bumble. On Bumble. Yeah. <laughs> I just just go park in downtown Baltimore. And yeah. Wait for you just, just got to change the mileage to like fifty miles. Right. Yeah. yeah. Two hundred miles. Whatever. Yeah. You know, or maybe fine. just get a different cell phone and leave that. You know, put a SIM card here okay. as well. Sure. So you can yeah. be two places at once or something. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah, so just prepare to. Uh, Y'all don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. What the show needs is more dogs and bears stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode five hundred and seventy-nine. Coming to you. From the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the Dr. Jason Triplett. I'm your host this week, and we are going to discuss Malcolm Brogdon's fit with the Pacers' future in this episode, and we'll also cover a stat of the week in absentia from the real host, Joey Gafreda, and we'll answer an undegoogleable. Joining me to do all this are two of our analysts, coast to coast, like butter toast, First, from my right-hand side, it's Jonathan Colson, our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. 
What is up, Undebeatables? What is up, Pacer Nation? I'm so glad to be with you guys. Um, also, uh, again, just another shout out to our temporary host um, and uh, the doctor. Uh, went to the zoo today. Shout out to got, the zoo. Shout out to the zoo. I got to see a panda and a um, bunch of otters. Hmm. And my favorite part was the orangutans decided that they were going to cross the entire zoo yes. on, uh, what, what would that movie be? Just ropes? It's called the O-line. O-line. So they have this, they have two different orangutan habitats, and then they have this like artificial Connector. jungle, basically, between them. And it, yeah, it was awesome. Like I was telling Colson, I was like, yeah, these things are here. No I've, one's ever used it. I've been here a hundred times. I've never seen it. You're never going to see this happen. And then all of a sudden, like, all these orangutans come, like, climbing around, and we get to see them. It, it was, was pretty, pretty amazing. So shout out cool. DC Zoo. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully there's a physical barrier when they go over your head, I'm hoping, because... I think it's so far that if they drop, they'd hurt themselves. There's I'm no more worried about barrier. them flinging poo at you. <laughs> <laughs> they, they definitely could do that, for they, sure. There's definitely a few platforms that have like electrified fences around them so they can't come down. <laughs> right. Okay. But they could definitely fling. They poo. could definitely fling. Poo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. But they didn't. But they did. I mean, so as far as good we on you, orangutans. That's right. They're well behaved. And that voice you're hearing is coming to you from Boise, Idaho, out west. It's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Turn out under Beatcon light. Chelsea, guys. That's right. That's right. I don't know what number we're on now, but this is certainly a, a decimal point. Yeah, Twelve point three five. Three. Three five. Something like that. Um, it might be. Yeah, we're in the hundredths for sure. <laughs> um, when we were looking up the the most livable uh, cities in the United States, mm-hmm. Boise is um, way up. Boise there. was in the top fifty, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Cost of living. It did. It did have an asterisk that said as long as you open carry. Then it's a very low. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, the cost of housing has gone up so quickly here that we're going to fall off that list real fast. It's like really? a real thing. Yeah. Oh, so. no. All right. Well, before we start the show, uh, we just want to remind you folks that you can support us every time you shop at Amazon. Uh, it doesn't cost you any extra. Just follow the link in the show notes or go to theundebeatables.com slash Amazon. This is important so that Harper can continue to live in one of the top 50. Right. Barely uh, scraping by here, guys. <laughs> no, I, I, this is the easiest thing you could do for us, really. It's 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 a, a victimless crime. <laughs> We're just taking money from Bezos. That's true. And other a charities cr- that you may want to Yeah. <laughs> crimeless victim. <laughs> All right, so uh, this show, we thought we would chat with... Um, uh, we would we would chat about an observation that you and I made hmm. at the Wizards game, and and maybe I'm finally coming around to the re- a realization that all of Pacer Nation has made. Is well, at least at least Harper's made. Right, yeah. is that uh, Malcolm Brogdon is? Uh, you know what we should do is we should try to trade Malcolm Brogdon to Charlotte because I think I discovered that he's a robot. <laughs> he's a robot with a malfunctioning motion chip. Yeah, he, yeah. His emotion chip is definitely broken. Yeah. Um, I can Joey reboot wrote... that? <laughs> I don't think he can. Well, maybe he can. We, we get him on it. He can um, definitely tell him to power down and power back on. <laughs> is he plugged in? Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, I would like to share my um, haiku life um, 
Champagne of Poems uh, on a Thursday. Mm, corner. 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 The Brogdon Project. Does he fit this team of joy? Have we seen enough? Hmm. Lots to think about there. Shots fired. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we've been going back and forth on this on the show. Uh, I I have definitely vacillated between like, okay, we need to to make Halliburton the guy. That's our ball handler. That's our go-to guy down the stretch. Uh, versus, it's nice to have two creators. Maybe Brogdon doesn't want to be the the leader. Right, he doesn't want to be okay. alpha, but he just wants to be like he could play the two guard and right. and uh, he doesn't have to be the leader of the team anymore. Yeah, you tried I, to convince us of that. Um, I, I tried to convince years. myself of that as okay. well. I think those either of those. Uh, I think that is a possibility. What I fear is that we've now created this this roster that is. Uh, wants to play up tempo, wants to do creative things, wants to dunk the basketball in fun ways. Mm-hmm. Wants mm-hmm. to push the pace. Wants to yeah do do lots of things. And Malcolm Brogdon just he he's not um, programmed to right. to execute that. And so I'm wondering if you guys agree that that the top priority this season should be finding a new home for Malcolm Brogdon. This offseason, you mean? Yeah. So you and I talked a little bit about this, uh, you know, uh, during the game and after the game. I, I think that an ideal uh, two-guard for Halliburton would be somebody who uh, comes off screens and is ready to shoot or uh, gets the ball and is ready to go to the basket hard. Like, just makes quick decisions. Right. And that is the opposite of what Malcolm Brogdon does. He's a very methodical mm-hmm. basketball player. And he's very efficient. I mean that's that's the joke about him being a robot, right? I mean he it's a great three point percentage. He's very good at getting to the basket. Um, he figures out how to take a guy off the dribble, or he figures out what he wants to do, and is usually very successful at it. Um, but it rarely comes off the action of other people. Um, mm. And I think that if he's not, I was I was coming around to the idea that he's a big guard. We could have two six five guys in the backcourt. And uh, they're different styles, but maybe they could get along because they're both really good three-point shooters. Um, after watching this game, and actually all week, concerned that that Halliburton doesn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter. Mm. Yes, you, you've got you've got Malcolm Brogdon um, closing games as the point guard essentially, and not that he's not efficient, not that he didn't score games. I mean, he won that Orlando game for us. He got us back in in. Uh, the game we watched uh, against the Washington, Detroit game, you know, yeah. and the Detroit game, you know, he he's very capable, but um, it doesn't feel like other people are touching the ball, particularly Halliburton. So I just, I want to preface this by saying like Ma- Malcolm is a like he's just a kind of he's a he's a cool dude, man. He's smart and he's very likable in front of the camera. Like obviously, I've never had a drink with the guy, but I'd love to have a drink with the guy. He's very cool, and I like him a lot. Um, from from what I've seen of him. My problem with Malcolm Brogdon on this team has always been that we kind of went all in on this guy on a point guard experiment, which I just never thought really made sense, right? He just never really quite fit that role. And now that we have a true one, 
splitting him out to an off-guard position and I, I quibble a little bit, Colson, about his three-point shooting. He shot great in 18-19. He shot 42%, but 19-20, less than 33. Last year, he eked up to almost 39, but this year he's at 33%. He's not, oh, no. he's not an elite three-point shooter in this league. And being an off-guard in this league, you got to do one of two things well. You either got to get to the cup finish or consistently draw fouls, which I would argue that he doesn't do a great job of, or you have to can threes consistently when you're open. And again, I'd argue that he just doesn't do a great job of that. He's a solid team defender, but he's not been a standout defender for us. This guy's not our Ben Simmons, right? No, I I, I actually, I think about my, my main, if I think about Malcolm Brogdon, what I think about is a guy already two steps past him. Like he just, I mean, seriously, like I feel like defensively he's already two steps late. And like, I agree with you. He's a smart team defender. He's a, he's a, he's a good team player, but he can't keep up with the speed at the point guard position. I, I now want to create a series of basketball cards that is, is, is Colson's impression of basketball player. And it, it's like, it's like Malcolm Brown getting blown by. Yeah. It's like his, his, his card. The no, upper deck it's, blow it's by him, edition. It's him. It's him moving his feet in the the correct way, but the guy's already on the sh- past his shoulder. Sure, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the image that I remember. He's, he's always got, doing the right things technically, but he's just not fast enough. I, I don't know enough uh, technology stuff, but he needs to be on a solid state drive. You know, he doesn't have a good hard drive, so his processing power. Is I see. So little, little, yeah. yeah. Joey will fill this in later. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll just fix it in post. Joey write the joke and we'll, we'll fix, fix it in post. So what do, you, what do you think, if Malcolm Brogdon is not this two-guard that can complement Halliburton, uh, what do you think we can – what do you think his value is on the open market? Like is he uh, a tradable asset for – I mean, I guess everybody's an asset, but for what value, I guess? Is is the a question I've been wrestling with? I think it's I think it's because the other caveat is he plays sixty games a year. Like that's it, basically. right? So. And, and additionally, Jason, I, I think that your 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 first critique is is is, is super salient. Like he's not mm. an up and down player, right? He's not getting mm-hmm. the ball up mm-hmm. and down the court. He's slowing down our team. And in this day and age, if you can't shoot the three and you can't run the break and you can't force turnovers, uh, you're a liability on. 20 NBA teams just straight out of the gate. So that shrinks the market considerably. The other, you know, 12 teams that are out there are are <laughs> going to be holding on to their picks pretty closely because they can't do the things that the modern NBA does. So I ultimately my argument is that it's going to be tough to get him to a place that he wants to go for the price that we would like to fetch. Um that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, I, I feel like this league is, uh, you know, this is a wonderful era for point guards. And I feel like almost every team has the point guard they want. Malcolm Brogdon came to us being like, I want to be a point guard, and they didn't let me be a point guard. Are we going to be able to trade him to a team that wants him as their point guard, even though this experiment failed? I think there are people that could use him as a two guard or as, a, as the third guard off the bench or something that could play one and two. But what is that? Yeah, I'm with you. That that, that pool is very small. Well, I, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. He can do either one of those things, but 
in order to be on any kind of good team, he's coming off the bench. And that's not a role that he's going to be in love with either. And you're also going to get bench value in return in that scenario, right? Right. Um, I mean, he was so those a fringe Those aren't great outcomes for either of us. He was a fringe all-star, uh, what, his first year, second year as well, maybe? Yeah. Um, and uh, But I don't think at this point you could get fringe all-star return for him well that raises the a question in my mind of you know you you mentioned this idea that in the fourth quarter it's it's Brogdon time Mm -hmm. like we give him the ball and let him go and he's since he's come back from this Achilles thing he's put up numbers he's been very effective and I wonder if part of this is um you know a showcase right for trade value in the offseason like because not I mean I mean obviously people teams that do their due diligence will will dive into the the tape and see how he doesn't high five anybody or whatever <laughs> but like a you know other teams has never smiled in his life right uh, other teams might look at the numbers and be like wow this guy is efficient like he scores you know in the upper twenties he. Still dishes the ball. He grabs a few rebounds. Yeah, all time that kind of stuff. Per high this year. I think he's rocking almost nineteen. Yeah, that's a good number. So I wonder if part of of I mean, who knows? I you know this is reading a lot into the tea leaves, but perhaps part of the strategy is is you know let's showcase this guy as a a trade asset. You know who would love him right now? The Lakers. The lake, he would be good on the Lakers. Yeah, because they play really slow. (laughs) And LeBron scores 56. Right. And yeah, and and Westbrook is no good. It'd be great. Yeah. But I don't know. If if only they had assets. Right. And uh, if, you know, maybe LeBron's leaving in the offseason anyway. I don't know. (laughs) So the other other guy. Straight up for LeBron. Perfect. Nailed it. Yeah. Deal. I was just saying we need a, a three. Our, our, we have a gaping hole at three, basically. Yeah, so but, Duarte and uh, Lance were out uh, this game um, with injury. And we, we've we been starting a three-guard lineup, but... This game being the Washington game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah this game being... Sorry, this comes out Thursday. But yeah, so we've been starting a three-game lineup, but um, there's zero backup at three at all. Uh, Buddy Heald played 40 minutes. Um, and what did we do with... They played 35. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> so, and Brogdon probably played the other eight. You know, it's yeah. so small. Like, I don't know what's going on. Can, can I turn so Terry Taylor the, into a three? Can I turn him into PJ Tucker? Is that an option so we, for me? We so actually we talked asked about that, that question. Yeah. I don't know that he shoots the three well enough, and I don't know that he is... Able, he's not quick enough, I don't think, to defend threes in general. He's awesome. I want more Terry Taylor in my life. Yes. I would love this guy to stay on the roster. Yeah, and, just and, let him play four uh, off the bench. Heck, yeah. five. Why not? He's six five and he's, rebounds like a monster. I mean, that's the thing, right? In like being honest with ourselves and probably Terry Taylor, he's going to have to add something to his game at some point yes. in order to be a yep. relevant 
rotation player in the NBA. And that thing's probably maybe not a three-point shot, but at least a solid 20-footer, right? He's got to be solid from 18 yeah. to 20 feet. Well, and we, I will say we got there early, so we got to watch warm-ups, and he was, he's definitely working on that. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. That outside shot. I mean, uh, when it's game time, he doesn't look at the basket from that. Well, far that away. was my main but, my, my main concern. We you know we went to see you know this Washington game. We could get there early. Um, I was he was like the hottest guy on the floor. He yeah. was he was hitting the corner three. He was he you know he was well I mean Gogo was probably but yeah. uh, anyway once he gets to, once he got in game time he never even looked at the basket. I mean, in fairness, he does shoot a better percentage than Malcolm Brogdon from three this season. Nice. Wow. He's at thirty six percent plus. That's Shout n- out Birdhouse. No, that is not how my Birdhouse trade out. Shout out. For, can you remind me how we got to Birdhouse? Yeah. So uh, it's double T. He's got it down. Yeah. Which go. is T squared, which is like a T squared. Yeah, T squared. Which is what you use in shop class. And yeah. in shop class, you make birdhouses. Mm. All right. Thank you for that. I had forgotten. <laughs> Now, where uh, Jason t- said that maybe Birdhouse doesn't work, but he does like the idea that uh, every time he goes in the post, we can he can take him into the birdhouse, you know? Yeah. Or He's we taking just... him into the birdhouse. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we don't want to call him doghouse. <laughs> no, 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 we don't want to do that. That would not be right. No. We'll call him woodshed. Ooh. There you go. Take him into the woodshed. It's good. I like it. So the other guy that I was trying to trade the entire game <laughs> was uh, was Buddy Heald, mm-hmm. uh, who was a tr- who, who was a, a in the rumor mill basically around trade deadline this year. What do you guys feel the market for? But a I, so I guess I have two questions. A do you want Buddy Heald as part of the the you know future of this franchise? I guess in the short term, at least. Or do you feel like you know he's an asset? We can move him, and and if so, what what's his value? Buddy Hield's a tough read for me. I, I I'm not quite sure where he fits on the team. I know he's super comfortable with Halliburton, and he's been shining since he got here. I mean, really, he's mm-hmm. been playing great. Uh, sure. He's not the most complete basketball player on the planet, certainly. Is there a place on our team for? I mean, really, an elite three point shooter? Yes, but it's not in the starting lineup. And I don't know what his satisfaction level is with a sixth, maybe seventh man role once we get our lineup filled out. So for me, it it really comes down to, to fit, and I don't have good answers there. I think he does fit the mold of what we're trying to do. And, you know, I, I think that the way he's been playing, he has legit value going out. So... You know, so I, in your in your mind going forward, you see him as as a the two two in the backcourt with with Halliburton, a, a, a two or three a, a two three flex off the bench off the bench. Okay, yeah. playing some small ball. Um, you know, again, not a great defender. You don't want him going out against elite, you know, all star twos and threes in this league. That's no, not going to be a recipe, recipe for success. But if you get him against second units. Who fall asleep on him? I mean, we saw it in, in in those games. People were falling asleep on Buddy Hield, which is ridiculous. But which is ridiculous. Yeah. That 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 does happen on second units, even at the NBA. He level. leads the league in three pointers made, and yep. people are just like, "Yeah, we'll slough off him." Well, yeah, yeah, I'm positive he leads the league in three points attempted. It's got to be attempted <laughs> as well. Well, you know, it's funny because Harper, I I said the same thing to Jason because he was like, "Look, we got we got to get something out of this guy," and I said. 
why can't he just be the the microwave off the bench? Like, because when he's hot, he's such an asset. And if he's not, then you just put him back on the bench. And uh, Jason said, well, uh, that's exactly what Gummy Bear is. That's exactly what Washington is. Um, and we pay him like a million dollars versus twenty million. You know, right? So. But but I mean, for me, the salary cap's not our issue, and you know, he's not Gummy Bear. I mean, he's he's an elite three-point shooter in this league. You know, Gummy Bear's not going to have a lot of 19, 7, and, and 9 games or whatever it was that he had last week. He's not... Right. He can come off and, and hit 6 of 8 three-pointers, but he's not going to yeah. give you the other things. And, not the and, and I'll tell you what, you know, especially yeah. in that second Magic yeah. game, and, and a little bit in that Wizards game, too, he was playing some really unselfish basketball. Yeah. Like, he was out there, he was passing yeah. up shots that Buddy Heald is allowed to take. He's green-lit four. And he was trying to find guys uh, and, and be a playmaker. And oh, that's what I've been most pleased by uh, and from getting him. I, I, I thought he was going to kind of be a black hole. He's not been that. What I've been most pleased by is, his, is, yeah, he's been really interested in sharing the basketball. And that's good coaching, by the way. Shout out to our coaching staff. Now, I do want to agree with you, Jason, though, that, that um, on some level it's almost a little bit like a Lance thing because mm. he does take some stuff off the table. With like throwing the you know um, the basketball into the third row or dribbling into four guys when we're only down four, um, and turning the ball over and, and them getting a fast break like that stuff he does do those things but he also does add stuff I mean that that three point shooting um, his ability to share the basketball and and his comfort level with with uh, Halliburton I feel like he could be a guy that you have as I, I agree with like your your fourth guard yeah I feel like maybe I'm being overly hard on him but I, and. He's frustrating. He's frustrating to me. I get it. Frustrating to watch. What what I was commenting to you is that it's amazing for a guy that is is this much of a gym rat and seems like just a a pure like hooper. Like he's just a guy that just wants to play basketball. That's what Carlos says. He's like he's just he works all the time. He's he's the first guy at the practice and the last guy to leave. Yeah, his sense of the game, his like IQ, is not at a level that I would expect for a guy that's like that well of a hooper i mean whatever, basically but well yes but just not a guy his age and the problem is that he's sure. been stuck in yeah. the king's franchise and the guy needs coaching and now he has it and mm. he looks legitimately mm. better so his per his career high he was up to 17 over 17 in 18 19 and he's just plummeted since down to 12.2 last year he's back up over the median this mm. year he's at 15.6 but since the All-Star break, I feel like he's he's getting better and better. I feel like the coaching is coming home. We've got a system that works for what he's doing. Look, if we trade away a $20 million decreasing contract for value, like there's no shame in that. But if he continues to improve on the trajectory that he's at, he might have a home here. Okay. All right. All right. I'll We're keep my mind. I'll keep my mind open on this one. <laughs> I'll keep my mind open. Uh, so one of the other questions I had, so, I mean, I, we, we've been talking about, um, so we only had, we only dressed in this Washington game four guys that were on the team uh, at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think we only have, like, what, six guys that were on the team from the beginning of the season? Maybe even that, five? Um, so a lot, a lot of turnover has happened. Um, we're reinventing this team. But... Um, We've had a chance. We're having a chance to see Brogdon play with this unit. You know, 
we haven't had a chance to see Miles Turner play with this unit. Hmm. Do you think there's a chance that we get him back for the for the end of this year and we can see what that looks like? Um, or are you in a place where you're kind of ready to trade him as well and just like let's move on to the future? I mean, I think I hope so, if only so that we don't see him in ridiculous outfits <laughs> walking into the arena or on the bench. Um, no. Yeah. What, no. Was the, what was the... It was a, a green sweater. The the arms were yeah. really long. They were like down to his knees. Yes. Over yeah. his hands. He looked like Super the, uh, the blow-up doll guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you need to use your hands, it's yeah. uh, Which, super useful. Yeah. Nobody, nobody uses their hands. No. Yeah. I mean, not anymore. I mean, but it's intimidating as a shop locker We're to have that culture. extra distance on your arms, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess for him, yeah. maybe his hands weren't that far away from the edge. That's true. Well, let me yeah. ask you this. So can, can I get a Jalen Smith update? Because if we're talking about trading Miles Turner, Jalen Smith becomes a real question mark, right? And I think that he's key to that Ooh. equation. Where are you guys at on Jalen? Me likey. <laughs> you me likey. Me likey, yeah. Jalen Smith. Because he hits three-pointers. He plays defense. He rebounds. He positions himself well defensively. I think he uh, has a lot of growth to do on the defensive end. Sure. He has the tools to do it, for sure. But he positions himself well to rebound. He's a very silky Mm -hmm. shooter. I think he lacks a little bit of confidence. Like I I think he needs somebody in his... He needs Lance Stevenson in his ear saying, like, you're the best Or maybe just Tyrese Halliburton. Right, exactly. I I like him. I I... I'm interested to see what the market for Jalen Smith is going to be in the offseason. Because he's he an unrestricted, unrestricted free right. free agent. Yeah, so I misspoke, I think, a couple podcasts ago. We thought he was an RFA. That he would be a restricted. Yeah, yeah. he is unrestricted. So, but I, we went uh, out of our way would, to get I him. I would hope. Exactly. So I would hope that uh, that would carry some weight. That we gave him a shot and that we want him to succeed. And like we gave up assets to go And get furthermore, him, so. I guarantee you that... If Rick sees what you're seeing, and Rick is a very good judge, not only of people, but of players, uh, that he, he's spending some, some QT with Jalen, knowing uh, that it'll be on the, line, on the line in the offseason. I will quibble with one thing. I, you know, He's not the most athletic dude in the universe. I, he has – there are Cr-tru. limitations to what he's going to be able to accomplish. But his combination of rebounding and outside shooting um, – and, and and really tenacity uh, are, are are really great. I think he can be a solid low post defender against real fives in this league, which we just don't have. Goga ain't that. Isaiah Jackson ain't that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Isaiah he, Jackson will be that. I think Jalen Smith reads the game well. Dude. He's he's a like, smart dude. I feel like he knows what's going. I on, agree. Which is he's, good. Yeah. He he really seems to see the floor well. Hmm. I, I th- and 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 as we know, um, uh, you know, money's not going to be a problem this offseason. I mean, of course, there's a limit to what you're willing to pay a Jalen Smith type player, but it's not like we'll get outbid by somebody if we don't. If we, you know, uh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I, we with could, the money we have, we could. There, yeah. We, we yeah. there'll be a value where we decide that we're being outbid, but we'll have the money for sure. How about you? Uh, so, Harper, you would be in on. On, on keeping Jalen Smith as a, a part of this growing nucleus going forward. I, I agree. I mean, you got, you got to figure out where your ceiling is and you know, there, there are going to be limitations there. Um, but I would love to be able to get him back. I, I, I think that he would be a great fit on this team. He seems to get along with these guys. Well, he does a great job out there for us. 
Uh, his birthday is on uh, March 16th, so early happy birthday to yeah. soon-to-be 22-year-old Jalen Smith. Shout-out Jalen Smith. Shout-out to uh, 8.9 seconds, who I think that was their top priority for us in the offseason, was re-signing Jalen yes, Smith. Yes, they right. did say that. That so. was their top priority, which I, I totally agree. Kid can play. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have... Um, I, I, I agree. I want him. I want it back. Um, I, I've been thinking about this team as um, this next year um, as Halliburton, Duarte, Isaiah Jackson. We know those guys are going to be there. I really want to bring back Jalen Smith. Um, I really want to bring back uh, the Birdhouse. Um, and it sounds like we got. It sounds like we're talking unit of Buddy Healed. Um, but. Um, we're also going to have a really high draft pick if this yes. stays the way it's going to stay. Yep. Uh, if our uh, and uh, what I've I did a little just a short dive into um, the draft. I, we'll talk way more about this later. It's short. It wasn't it shallow. It was just short. Yeah, <laughs> it was a short dive mm-hmm. <laughs> in mm-hmm. in a deep pool. Okay. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Um, and it seems like uh, from what I've been getting is that there's five guys. That are going to make a difference at least at this point. Um, there's two uh, potential uh, superstars, and and then and then below that there's a tier of three potential all stars. Um, and those guys are uh, Chet Holgram, big goofy center white dude. Um, he's a he's a they call him a unicorn. Uh, his rebounding, his blocking, his shooting. Um, he's Dirk Nowitzki uh, mixed with uh, Marcus Camby is what they said. Uh, and then Jabari Smith would be the uh, other guy um, who is uh, potentially a superstar. Yeah. Um, he's a power forward. Um, they're comparing him to... That kid's uh, a like guaranteed a Rich- superstar. If he's healthy, he's yeah. guaranteed. They're saying a Richard Lewis. Um, no, not Richard know. Lewis. Don't you dare compare him to Richard Lewis. Well, that, uh, and they, they also said uh, um, Kevin Durant light. So he's somewhere in between somewhere Richard in between Lewis and Kevin Durant. Uh, I don't I'm know that either of these are particularly the great. Jabari Smith can bomb threes. That kid's yeah. just that kid's just a monster. He's got a silky smooth silky jumper. Smooth he's jumper. he yeah. yeah and and he can defend. He's a good team player. Uh, yeah, he's oh I think he's the he's the truth. Yeah, uh, you know you can if, just call if, him. I mean, is he Paul Pierce? Then he can be the truth. <laughs> if we somehow uh, end up in the uh, you know the first pick or the second pick, uh, that's a that's a franchise changer. <laughs> yes, for us. we would take him, please. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and then there's these uh, there's, there's there's three other guys, uh, Paolo uh, Banchero, who's a power forward from Duke. So I'm out because I hate Duke. Um, no, that's not why. He, he's sort of like a Carlos Boozer type. I'm not. I don't think that that works in the modern NBA. Um, and then AJ Griffin, who's also from Duke, uh, but he seems like the poor man's Jabari Smith, so um, I'd be okay with that maybe. And then James, so, the, so he's the homeless man's Kevin Durant. He's the homeless man's Kevin Durant, yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, Jaden Ivy from Purdue, uh, which everybody we talked to tonight mentioned. Yes. Uh, every Pacer fan we talked to in the Washington wants, game wants Jaden Ivy because he's a local kid. And in uh, fairness, Jaden so, Ivey is super good and has a ton of upside. Uh, Dwayne Wade Light is what he was pre- predicted as. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, my point is uh, we need to get a top five pick. Because after that, 
there's not a guy that's going to change this roster in a way that um, that with the the we way that I laid that out. Immediate. Yeah, the way I laid that out with the guys that we have that are important moving forward and young guys. One of these five guys could actually jumpstart this rebuild. Yeah. I think you get outside of that, it's going. I mean, to that's all fine and well, but we don't actually control the draft pick in the end. It's a lottery system, so. Right. I know, for sure. But the more we lose, the better percentage we have. A little bit, yeah. we got a lot of work to do to catch uh, Houston, Orlando, and Detroit. Okay, let's take a break. And uh, I, I, I think that was a good discussion, so I appreciate that. Let's take a break, listen to some music, and then we'll come back and do, a Joey and do something completely different. <laughs> Fair enough. Sounds that should good. be our new outro with that. And now for something completely <laughs> different. Right, exactly. We didn't steal that no, at all. Totally made no. that up just now. No, no, no. Just like the rest of our show. Yeah. Completely <laughs> original. I'll be there just to lift you up. Come on. Ain't nobody else gonna bring you down. No. Even when I'm not around, you're gonna get there alright. I'll be there just to lift you up. And ain't nobody else gonna bring you down And even when I'm not around You are gonna get that all right From the womb we were destined to lose There's a loophole in the system that we never seem to use I get confused when we're out selling rocks Get confused when we're killed by cops What's the meaning of it? What's the meaning behind treating us like dirt? Manipulating minds and tarnishing our worth As if we asked to be a part of this plan I can't apologize for the fail But it wasn't your land to begin with And now I'm off on a tangent Wishing I had written something different But I didn't So take heed to these words My brothers and my sisters out creating a stir We need each other in the long run So stop hating on the progress that another the one has done because we'll never get ahead some are using god's name while they're killing all of us dead i'll be there just to lift you up and ain't nobody else gonna bring you down no even when i'm not around you're gonna get there all right i'll be there just to lift you up and ain't nobody else gonna bring you down and even when i'm not around you are gonna get there all right in this verse because I know we're not perfect But perfection's in the mist when it comes to your complexion I know I didn't choose it, neither did you But to claim it as your power reaches further than you Why you scared tactics to disguise your own guilt For something you didn't do that your ancestors built Guilty by association Taught to think that blacks are inferior is just an abomination I can't help but to think of the ones we've lost And the cost that most paid to the ones they've crossed It's hatred in your heart and it's love we fought To protect our own skin from the curse you brought. I'm only saying let us love, it's the difference we need I'm not trying to show the negative, but truth as it seems And you still don't see how the government schemes While you're hating on us, they shatter your dreams I'll be there just to lift you up Ain't nobody else gonna Alright, we are back from the break uh, Joey is uh, in absentia this week because we Slacker uh, Went to a game and had to record late, late for because yeah, it's like, got like a night. baby and stuff <laughs> and yeah. a job yeah and a job and i'm just shirking my responsibility that's right that's why i'm allowed to <laughs> cheers 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 to that cheers uh but he did send in a stat of the week he is not a, a shirker of responsibility so he sent this in joey stat of the week uh as you guys know march is women's history month 
Uh, maybe you didn't know that. I actually didn't know that until somebody told me that. Okay. I said, all right, Shout cool. Out. Women's Let's history do it. Yeah. I like women. Uh, and Joey's stat this week is Lucia Harris. Or Lucia? I don't know how to say that. Anyway, Lu- Lucia Harris, Miss Harris, became the only woman to be officially drafted into the NBA uh, when the New Orleans Jazz selected her in the seventh round the 1977 draft she did not try out for the team however because she was pregnant oh okay prior to earning that distinction harris led delta state university pop quiz where is delta state university Ooh, is it uh, delaware mississippi i'm guessing it's somewhere in the delta of the mississippi okay it's got to be I was assuming it was a state that started with a D, because... Tweet, tweet, that's a good one. That's a good guess. Yeah, It's actually in Athens. Athens? Athens? Greece. Yeah. I thought we were going Athens, Georgia. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, she led Delta State to three straight national collegiate titles in the 70s and won a silver medal in the 76 Olympics. She was inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame in 1992 wow. and was the first black woman to earn that honor. Uh, she recently passed away oh. at the tender age of 66. Oh, that is way too soon. Yes. Uh, so shout out to Lucia Harris. The first and only woman drafted by an NBA team. Correct. Yep. Shout out to Life Well Lived, man. She got it in pretty good. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. She got her championships, got herself a, a medal in the Olympics. Apparently had herself a kid. Hopefully, yes. And I'm sure that kid was great. Really yes. good at basketball. Probably. Now, it, it, yeah, Tobias Harris. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary Harris. Gary Harris, too. Wow. Both of them. Wow. Yes. Didn't know they were related, but now I do. Shout out. And Harrison Barnes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a I, legacy. What a legacy. I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> Sorry, she passed away. Oh, we were. I was telling you about the 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 high school girl that struck out Babe Ruth and and uh, yeah, from the dollop. Lou Gehrig. Yeah, yeah. to link to that, pretty cool. Shout out, shout out, women for Women's History Month. You've been hanging out with me all weekend. Yes, and I kept noticing that you would you would start to ask a question and you say no. No, no, I'm going to say that. I'm not going to pass it. Right. Is there something that now, now that we're here for posterity's sake? For sure. That, that I can answer for you, perhaps in the form of an ungoogleable? Oh, are we doing ungoogleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. You know, the thing about our, our time together is I just assume you'll you'll know the answer to everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why even ask it? Why you know, bother? Without, why bother? <laughs> I'm just going to look like an idiot. Might as well look like an idiot on a podcast. <laughs> Might as well record it. That's my strategy. 
That's right. Um, one of the things that uh, I've been thinking about recently, I, and actually this, this occurred to me while we were at the zoo. Mm. What's the difference between a jungle and a forest? Because mm. I feel like they're both a bunch of trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's factually accurate. I think that's a good point. I, my instinct is, is that it's the kind of trees okay. in those different places that I don't so my guess is that forests are no I guess you could have an evergreen forest I was going to say deciduous and jungles are, ne- are not deciduous ooh help me with that word so deciduous trees are ones that lose their leaves as opposed to evergreens, right? Pines. As opposed to evergreens, right, which, which never lose it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I like jungle, that idea. jungles, I think it's warm enough all year round. That yeah. I don't think trees lose their leaves. So, it, so they might be in the non deciduous tree family. Well, well in that vein of, of, of warmth, uh, I, th- I think what you're, what you're probably getting to is, is actually it may come down to rainfall. Mm. Okay. So you think that there's a, a, a certain amount of rain that that uh, constitutes a jungle, but like we call it the rainforest, not the rain jungle. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, do we call any? I mean, there's no such. I mean, can you name a jungle? The Jungle Book. <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I think I, it. It does seem that like you don't name those regions jungle but jungle is more like a description of the stuff you have to hack through yeah that's interesting is is jungle actually just a pejorative for rainforest i don't know Mm. jungle does seem like it's a uh an indigenous word word right to like say like central america or whatever are there but there's jungle in southern asia and stuff yeah, like that. yeah. Too. the the, uh, the jungles Certainly. of vietnam yeah. during the war right yeah. we didn't call those forests no yeah. but it, but again i i'm wondering if if there's a pejorative element here at work i see so it's because it's it's uh it's otherization uh, just when you're mad at it <laughs> <laughs> it's a jungle when there's people this shooting forest at you is really hard to get through, through like it takes me yeah, a machete okay. to get through this forest it's a jungle. It's a jungle. It's a jungle. Well, that does make uh, that does beg the question: what the, the root of the the word jungle is, whether it's uh, connected to um, something that's well, well, it's definitely a pejorative in other senses of the word, right? Like we talk about the urban jungle, which is basically mm. to make it seem like a a very dangerous place. Yeah, yeah, like a bad environment, or bad environment. or you know, it's a jungle out there, baby. Right, you gotta survive. Whereas uh, a forest is what East Coast evergreen. Yeah, it's very. It's, it's, um, it's all zen. Walk in the forest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it and it's and it's usually uh, usually it definitely has seasons. It's there was cold. like there was like an entire genre of like poetry and literature like centered on the like. Can you even write a haiku if you're not in a forest? Is that even allowed? Yeah. Is that against the law? It's true. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe my all my haikus are illegitimate. Yeah. Well, they are anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> Until I start writing them in a forest. You, you didn't marry the yeah. person that, the muse that That's right. <coughs> gave you those haikus. Why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? <laughs> Age old wisdom. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, so I, I like this. So we're going to go with um, forests were invented by, or, or descriptor, or descriptor by invented by European. God, but... Right, right, right. Invented by God, but Europeans in cold climates named an area with lots of trees forests. And then they otherized warm uh, forests as jungles. Um, in when they went to uh, conquer their those continents in Africa and South Asia and and, uh, and, and South America. I don't know. I feel like jungle is probably uh, like yes and no, right? So I think that yes, that happened, but I think that jungle was a term used by people that lived in those areas that were. Ooh. Or like some something close to that that we like adopted and stole. So, the word jungle, like, what do you think the derivation of jungle is? Like, the way that the word is formed, like that could be German. Jungle. It was a. It was a jungle. Like an American. I mean, yeah. I mean, that those. That's a set of letters that could have been Americanized from German. Sure. Right? Do you think it's? Uh, could it have the same root as jumble? You know, as it this this uh, kind of confused, jumbled place. I don't know. It seems a stretch, but perhaps. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I mean, my, my, my I mean, my point it. with the German thing though is that they weren't actually colonizers, right? Right. Mm. It was the English and the French and the Spanish and, and Portuguese, yeah. Port Portuguese, yeah. So um, I, I, I mean, it, it may predate. You know. Multi-continental colonialism, or it may right, not. Let's go, no idea. Let's go with uh, let's go with rainfall then. Okay, so jungles a rainforest. Basically. A, yeah, jungles a rainforest. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm going with. I like that. That was your first guess, and I think you're probably right. But then I came up with the it's not a rain jungle because I'm a freaking dick. Well, I was just I stole Jason's. Jason was already halfway there. I just stole his thing. So, what is a jungle? Uh, so according to Britannica.com, uh, forest is usually described as a dense growth of trees covering a large land area uh, with a dry climate. There are tropical forests and rainforests. The word jungle usually described a tangled or overgrown that mass of vegetation. Or two, a style of dance music incorporating elements of raga, hip hop, and hardcore. Nah. Mm. So there's that. Mm, that did, Boy, that, that was help. that was not real defined. That I think that person was making that stuff up. Yeah, Britannica. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got late 18th century via Hindi from Sanskrit, Jangaya. Ah. So the the word jungle comes from Hindi. Seventeen seventy six, dense growth of trees and other tangled vegetation. So it is is Hindi, certainly not German. I was not close on that particular guess. 
yeah, Jangalas, arid, it's, sparse, it's... sparsely grown with trees. Interesting, because that's not how we use it today. Right. Uh, it's yeah, a colloquial term uh, meant for uh, described types of rainforest with very dense undergrowth. The stuff you have to machete through, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Figurative sense. Wild, tangled mass of anything is from 1850, meaning placed lawless and violent is first recorded in 1906 from Upton Sinclair's novel, meaning Hobo Camp, is from 1908. Mm. Asphalt Jungle, Mr. Colson, is from 1949, William R. Burnett's novel title. Uh, 1950, John Huston made that movie. Blackboard Jungle is from Evan Hunter's novel title. I mean, you definitely can see how authors would would take this and run with it, for sure. sure. I, I mean, it certainly has, or at least apparently has no, you know, geographical meaning. It's, like. Or, or scientific. It's not a yeah, scientific it's definitely term. not that. Okay. So a forest is a scientific term about closely... Um, Related trees over a large area, yeah. and jungle is just like tang- it's just a tangled. A jungle is just a pain in the ass. Yeah, exactly. That's where you've got all the the low the overgrowth on the bottom. You can't really walk through it. You got to hack through it. But that's not even scientific. So because those four because the rainforest is still a forest. Yep. Okay. So it's slang term for... It's a casual word for casual what scientists word. call it tropical forest. Okay. Okay, jungle is a tropical forest. But it's not a scientific term. No. It there is you not go. A See, if I'd asked you that, um, you know, while we were at the zoo, you probably would have answered it and I wouldn't have been embarrassed. <laughs> Sorry to embarrass you on live <laughs> radio. That's right. Um, ooh, ooh, can you... Um, Ask the, the elephant question. Ask Harper the elephant question. What is the elephant question? Why aren't they, why isn't everything an elephant? We did that one. How much uh, food does an elephant eat? At- oh, trivia. Okay. All right, there's two kinds of elephants, right? There's an African elephant and an Asian elephant. Yeah. We're going to focus on the Asian elephant. Because that's the kind they had. Because that's zoo. what they had at the zoo. How many pounds of food do you think an Asian elephant eats in a day uh so i i don't go to zoos very often is agent elephant are slightly smaller yeah yep 150 okay according to the sign that was in the bathroom at the zoo. Three at the zoo. Three hundred to five hundred pounds of food a day an Asian elephant eats. For an animal that weighs they're they're like eight thousand pounds. Like seven tons. Yeah. No. Well yeah. four tons. Seven short tons. Yeah, seven Sorry, short so tons. Eight, yeah. Well, I thought they were much smaller. Second question, how how much uh pee do you think a Asian elephant Produces on a day. 80. 80, 80 what? Tons? Gallons? Pounds? Let's see. How many gallons? Sorry. How many mm, gallons? How much does a gallon of water weigh? Uh, 
I think 32 or no, sorry. Uh, really? Eight, no. That's a cubic pound. So eight pounds. Eight pounds yeah. yeah. So yeah. 12 gallons, 12 gallons. And kudos to the graduate student that had to collect <laughs> all of that. Hopefully they can do that with lasers now. You're, you're hoping against hope that they can do that with lasers. The trunk of an Asian elephant contains as many as six, 60,000 muscles. Yeah, those are like weird muscles. And there are, aren't they all like sphincters? Like it's just like a series of like... Yeah, longitudinal and radiating sets of uh, muscles. Yeah. yeah. So are you telling me, Jason, that the reason is everything is an elephant's is that they have to spend their entire day eating and peeing? <laughs> That's right. Okay. That should have been our answer when we did that pod, I guess. There's barely That's any right. time left to procreate. <laughs> That's right. Or think up shit. You know? That's right. I, 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 the best elephant haiku is, is not that great. <laughs> it's also, have you heard an a, a elephant podcast? Not a lot of good content mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a pachyderm joke, but I couldn't, I couldn't Ooh, get Ooh, nice. Uh, all right, that's that's good enough. Let's let's, uh, let's pack a derm our way out of here. No, that didn't work. Let's pack a derm up our equipment. We can just pack it home. up. Yep, that'll do. Thank you for listening. If you're still listening, we appreciate it. No one's still listening. <laughs> no one's listening. <laughs> if you want to tweet at us with other random facts about uh, Asiatic elephants, you can do that on Twitter. We're at Unbeatables. Uh, we also have a Facebook page. Uh, slash the unbeatables there's a contact form on our website theunderbeatables.com you can also email us at shoutout at theunderbeatables.com and if you want to get a t-shirt just reach out to us on any of those platforms or just go buy it off the go to the website we have a store yeah we have a store it's so easy yeah yeah don't need, don't 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 message me just go to the store no I also don't know how to get messages. So, For the architect, Donnie Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sucklinard. I was going to try Did to, you forget the song? No, I was going to try to do it like I an elephant. Not the lights, the... He's over. <laughs> oh I can nail it. Yeah. Okay. It's almost yeah. as good as the whale after, right? It's way better. <laughs> way better. What is I think we clipped that one in. Yeah. Put that one in as the the perma. The permo. Permo outro. <laughs> it's a perma perma outro. Yeah, it's like permafrost. Did you know that? Uh, <laughs> did you know that uh, the Earth is seventy percent water, and That's... none of it is carbonated. <laughs> the Earth is definitely the Earth flat. is definitely not seventy percent water. Um, <laughs> also, if multiverses are real, is there a multiverse where the Earth is flat? Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't think so. I think I think the the laws of gravity still exist in all multiverses, don't they? Is there a multiverse where the, uh, the all the oceans are carbonated and you can <laughs> <have a> sprite? <laughs> sprite for everyone? <laughs> <laughs>
It's the happiest universe. It is the happiest universe. No Except teeth Malcolm in that Brogdon. universe, but Malcolm Brogdon doesn't like that universe. Even though. Malcolm Brogdon. There's no multiverse where Malcolm Brogdon is happy. Yeah. yeah. Are we doing a show? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. In some multiverse, not this one. <laughs> We're really good at this in some multiverse. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> we're millionaires right. off the back of this shit in some that's multiverse. Right, that's, that's, right. Right. that's right. Can't say we don't provide content. Factually correct. 